Okay, so we are back. Uh, start chapter three, The Suspicious Peddler. Um, I guess last time, what, we went to the castle uh, with Duster we, we, and Duster's father, Wes. Um, we met up with the princess, uh, and then we found the Egg of Enlightenment, and then we were washed away. Um, and then I think we played as the princess for a little bit. Um, anyway, Duster's missing. I guess that's that's kind of where we left off, um, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. I don't know. Did I did I miss anything there? Um, no, sorry, I was distracted because I remembered that I wanted to look up her name, and it's Kumatora is like okay. the default name for the princess. It means bear, which I remembered that part, and the the Tora part is tiger. Apparently, so she she's bear tiger. Oh, okay. She's a beast. Yeah, and that also kind of goes, I guess, to the chimera theme. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, more organic than, than what we've seen in the game. Um, so anyway, so yeah, chapter three, the suspicious peddler, uh, it starts, we are descending into a new, um, in a spaceship looking thing, um, in the desert. Um, and then, uh, you know, some of the pig guys get out of the, out of the ship and so do some monkeys. Um, and, uh, yeah, we end up playing as the boy monkey. And not just get out, but like get kicked, forcibly drop kicked out of the little hatch that opens there. It's it's pretty brutal this chapter. Um, we were saying earlier, like it's kind of boring. There's not necessarily that much to say about it, and it's more than that. Like it's just um, it's just mean. It it puts you in the position of this very downtrodden, um, you know, very put upon character, the little monkey. Uh, and you're constantly being kicked and beaten and and zapped with the like electric collar. Yes, it's it, it's, it's savage. Um, um, and not you know, and to to add on to that, there's also the threats um, against. I don't know if it's your girlfriend monkey or just a, a friend mm -hmm. monkey, but there's a female monkey there as well, um, mm -hmm. being used as kind of a, a threat. You know, if if the shock collar and the other abuse isn't enough. Um, and you still try to escape, like, you know, we'll, we'll get rid of your monkey uh, friend as well. That's right. That's right. And and it's more than that. It's more than that because you have to, like, act really happy the whole time. You have to dance and clap and um, make everyone merry. And uh, the whole thing is just set up to almost – it's so bad. And this is kind of like we were talking about with that scene – early in the game, that's sort of so bad that it must be intentionally bad, I want to say. Uh, and I, and that just makes me kind of wonder, like, so what is the game up to here? Uh, what are we supposed to take from this? And so there's that kind of um, that element of, like, the bad caretaker is just ramped way up here. Um, it's worse than Flint. It's worse than Wes. Because your caretaker, you know, really doesn't care about you at all. Uh, is is completely just using you um, and taking advantage of you. Um, and it's like, what's even the point, right? Uh, like you said, you you have to do it. You're sort of forced to, out of love, for the the girl monkey. Um, and so, that's I guess for me, like the one bright spot in all this is, it seems like we've taken this whole, like, bad parenting thing to a, to an extreme and maybe we can be done with it like maybe we can just put that piece of this game 
away and and move on because <laughs> uh I, I don't know quite what else to to make of this this chapter yeah the way it's set up at least yeah and i guess just to take a step back um it's the, the guy facade um he's kind facade. of he's kind of um it's I don't know. He doesn't have an organ, so I'm not sure if he's like an organ grinder, but it's certainly that type of relationship where, you know, he's the handler um, and you're the monkey doing the dance when you're told to dance. Um, this is the character that we ran into um, when we were playing as Duster um, for a bit. So, yeah. so we did see them, you know, in chapter two. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, um, and, you know, it's weird because... You know, you're playing as as the monkey at the beginning. Um, I just went with the default salsa. I don't know yep. if you, yeah. Um, I'm just gonna say the monkey. I think that's better than salsa. Um, <laughs> but it says, if I if I recall correctly, when Facade joins your team, quote unquote, it says like you are taken by Facade. Um, yeah. As opposed to like you know, so I guess that just kind of reiterates the um, master servant type relationship between yeah. the two yeah. um i will i you know to facade's credit he hits like a truck uh oh it does yeah he's he's very strong um so yeah so after you know we get taken by facade we're, we're traversing kind of the, the the desert um and we run into some dung beetles <laughs> yeah. uh we get you know we look we we explore we find some bombs um you can trade the dung uh, some of the dung beetles drop dung, and you can trade that for experience. I don't know if you grinded anything like that. No, not much. I mean, I thought for a little bit that I had to feed, or not feed, but yeah, you know, farm or whatever you want to say, uh, enough dung to give to that little beetle to yeah. have something happen, Yeah. right? Like, because it seemed like maybe it would give me more and more experience each time. I, that That proved to be not true. Yeah, um, so I felt like it wasn't worth doing, so I I didn't do much with it. Uh, yeah, I, I. Oh, sorry, I was just gonna say I like gave dung, and it was like five experience to everyone in the party, and then it went up to ten, and I was like, okay, well, yeah. I'll keep on doing it, and then it went back down to five, and I was like, all right, I'm done, <laughs> I'm done. It's it's like a tease, and it sure seems like, you know, that little dung beetle should do something when it gets some dung, right? It should start rolling it like a good dung beetle, but it's a such a failure. All it does is like make the little oasis there into um, stinky mm -hmm. putrid water that you can no longer drink. Um, so until you give dung to the beetle, it'll restore your health at that oasis by drinking the water. But after you start giving it dung, it's it's poisoned. And so oh, it's I like, I didn't realize that it got to the point that it was like I I noticed that it said you know the uh, the oasis you know it smells like dung and you still drink it. I didn't realize that if you gave enough dung. Um, eventually it would be, you know, undrinkable. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I'm misremembering, but it does, it does change the description of the water. And it's like, to me, that's sort of, you know, what facade does everywhere he goes, right? He brings something, um, you know, sort of commercial or, um, industrial or whatever you want to call it. And, and that sort of like changes the place and, and makes it no longer, um, pure, uh, and his name, I, I don't know for sure, but it's made to sound like anyway, the word facade in, in English or French, I guess, um, it's like, you know, not what you seem. Um, and so he does, he like puts on a, a nice face to a lot of people. Um, but with salsa, he's pretty transparent. Like he's obviously 
not a, a nice person. Uh, he's working with the pigs, uh, whoever they're, you know, uh, in in service of. He's apparently like some kind of important person within that organization, or at least, you know, contracting with them for his own ends. Uh, but yeah, he is strong. He's strong in battle. Yeah, I uh, I played last night, um, and you know, I got to the end, and then I was watching a let's play. Uh, before this, just to make sure I remembered everything. And uh, the person who was playing just guarded like every time as the monkey, which I thought was very odd. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, sure. I wasn't doing much damage anyway. Um, so guarding would have probably just been the smartest thing uh, to do to make it go quicker. True, true. So... He... Wait, so we go through the desert. Um, he wants you to... Uh, like operate the the little um, like a little car down the, in the uh, in the underground. The pork bean. Kind of, the pork bean. That's what it's called. Yeah, I found that part kind of interesting because um, it's a very different sort of little vehicle. Um, we're used to seeing vehicles in Earthbound games in the Mother series. Uh, this one's kind of new and. I don't know if it's going to get used again later or not, but it seemed like kind of wasted down there. Like you could only, you could drive it in any direction, but it, it was very limited where you could actually go with it. Yeah, it reminded me of Elon Musk's, you know, proposed uh, hyper tubes or whatever he had uh, underground. So maybe that's, this is where he got the inspiration from. I Probably. ended up not even using it. I just ran through. Um, uh -huh. I was trying to see if I could like sequence break or, you know, explore. Um, but I ended up missing some items that I guess I should have gotten. I was like watching the Let's Play. I'm like, wait, what? Like, I did not get that at all. Um, <laughs> so you don't need to take the pork bean. Uh, you can just run down the tube or the, the tunnel um, yeah. to your destination. And it's very interesting because, um, you know, I, uh, you do travel through a part that is nature right so you're kind of going through a tunnel and then it's kind of like above ground and then you go back underground and it's completely sealed off um so i i don't know why that would be i guess it's to protect their base um whoever these these pork people are um yeah i thought that was just kind of interesting that uh i don't that there was again kind of like a, a a, a tube that you went through when you were going through the forest. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's because they plan on doing something to nature and they're trying to protect themselves or just try to like keep from anyone who happened to be there from, from being able to get in. Um, I doubt that this question will be answered and I'm probably the only one who's had it, uh, <laughs> but we'll see. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is good foreshadowing down the road. Well, it's weird. I mean, they do sort of wear masks almost like they're, not able to breathe the atmosphere, so in a in a weird way, yeah, like maybe they're protecting themselves um, as much as you know, keeping their uh, their their uh, lines of communication open or whatever it is that the tube is for. Uh, and yeah, the fact that you are sort of like chauffeuring facade around, um, it's it's. A weird, it's a weird dynamic, and people start pointing this out a little bit later once you get to the village. The fact that you are sort of like in charge, right? As the monkey, he follows you everywhere, uh, and people talk to you, and they're like, "Oh, like 
I don't know why I'm talking to you. I should be talking to the guy behind you. Um, it's just a, I don't know. It's kind of kind of dumb. It definitely is also playing on, we should mention this, like the part in Earthbound where you are um, bringing Jeff to rescue everybody from Threed, and Jeff has the bubble monkey with him, right? And mm-hmm. so the monkey's following you, uh, and you need the monkey at certain places to chew some gum and uh, summon Tessie or like fly up and drop a rope for you. Uh, it's very endearing in that game, and there's definitely not this like weird power dynamic going on. Um, but here it takes that and it just twists it in a really unpleasant way. Uh, I should also mention, I think I heard or read somewhere, we were talking about like, why is it ape? What is Itoi's thing with monkeys? Um, apparently, that is a reference to 2001 A Space Odyssey, where there's the like famous scene with the um, early hominids or like, you know, pre-human yeah. ancestor apes that like yeah. are fighting and then there's the obelisk and they realize they can use weapons and it's like you know evolution starts or whatever it's so there's like that is apparently in the background Itoy's fascination with that film and and i guess that particular uh moment inspired the ape name so there's that <laughs> interesting huh okay yeah. i did not know that um yeah and i guess you know th- there's even more of a parallel uh with jeff and three because in there you come up through a cemetery, um, mm. and that's exactly where you and uh, Facade come out um, in Tasmili. Uh I guess one thing I forgot to mention, or I don't know if this happened yet, but he does, <clears throat> at some point, Facade does mention, you know, we're going to go to Tasmili. Um, it's like an uncivilized um, town. Um, yeah. So I think that was kind of a question maybe we had where, you know, so I, I guess this idyllic type world um, is kind of reserved strictly for Tasmania. There are other parts of the world um, that are, quote unquote, more civilized. Um, yeah. It seems yeah. to me that Tasmania was perfectly civilized. Uh, everyone was very civil with each other. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, Flint was the first person who's like ever gone to jail there. Um, and that was only spurred on by the death of his wife and the fact that his kids were, or were kids missing? It doesn't matter. Um, no, they were there, but they were, you know, in a bad way. They were under a blanket by the fire. But I, yeah, but I guess, you know, facade, he seems to be trying to infiltrate this society. Um, so I guess to the outside, from a capitalist standpoint, uh, yeah, I guess it is uncivilized, given that they don't even have a concept of money yet. Uh, <laughs> right. But, right. But, uh, yeah. So, is it explicitly said here that he's the one who gives the money? Or is that still like a little ambiguous? Uh, I think he did give the money. Uh, he bought the pigs from Butch. Oh, that's right. Um, and I think they said definitively that it's facade. Gun to my head, I'm not, I wouldn't say like definitely, but I'm 99% sure that it was right. facade. Because he, again, he's so buying he's, pigs. He's been there laying the groundwork. Yeah, has a thing for pigs. Uh, and now that the monkey's along, it's like step two of his plan, maybe, um, where they are bringing happiness to people through their happy boxes. Uh, 
which apparently are just TV sets, right? Like monitors. Um, are they? But that was my impression because, like, when you deliver it and you talk to them later, they're like, "Oh, it has like these pretty colors um, and lights and stuff." Huh. So that's what I took it to be. Yeah. Um, like a TV that you maybe can't really like change the channel on, so maybe it's more like a kind of a weird propaganda thing. Um, or some sort of mind control, or who knows what they're going to end up doing. Um, but it seems to be a play on on the, the way that people just watch TV. Um, yeah, well, and- I think I think it's interesting, you know, how we got to that point, right? So, you know, we we, we go with facade. Uh, we take we we go to the inn. Um, no one there understands what money is. You, you know, you try to pay. It's like, how much will, will it be for me to stay in this room? And they're like, yeah. you don't, what, what do you mean? Like, there is no charge. Uh, and he goes, well, here's some money anyway. And the woman says, okay, well, maybe I can use that as a doorstop or something like that. Um, right. And so you go into the room. Of course, there's a frog there because there's a frog everywhere. Um, yeah. And facade, you know, he lays across the bed. You, you have to sleep on the floor. Um, <laughs> and then you're awoken in the middle of the night uh, and you overhear him talking. And he's clearly talking to... Um, the masked people, the pig mask people uh, about yeah. like storming the castle. So we do get confirmation oh. that they're kind of behind that, but, and now that I'm off on that tangent, you know? Yeah. So, so the next day you're doing this kind of like performance of dance where you have to hit the directional pad in whatever way uh, facade is, is directing. Um, and if you right. don't, you get shocked, but he uh, facade kind of starts planting the, the seeds of despair, right? He's saying, oh, uh, you know, look at what's happening in nature. You know, everything's run amok. You had this fire. Um, these storms are going to be coming, blah, blah, blah. Like, don't you want happiness? Um, and some of the people just walk away. Uh, right. But then four of them raise their hands and you go and you get their names and you have to do this stupid quest. Um, right. But it's interesting how, you know, the pig people are the ones creating these problems and now they're trying to come in and uh, basically offer solutions to these problems that they created. Yeah. And I don't, right. if that's not capitalism, I don't know what it is. <laughs> no, it's absolutely. And it's sort of unclear what they're hoping to extract because that's the other piece of it, right? Like why would they bother? Um, maybe they just want another market for their goods, but, but probably there's something here that they're trying to get a hold of. And it's maybe that thing in the castle, right? Like the um, the special item, the hummingbird egg, and or whatever is glowing in that courtyard uh, within the castle's sort of hidden uh, portion. Um, but it also seems possible that what they're after is the kind of power that certain people in this place seem to have, like the psi powers um, and... Uh, skills and things um there's like clearly some secret that's been handed down here um between the castle and the thief skills and um the psi power that the princess has so that's a that's a mystery i guess that we're sort of waiting for is like what are they hoping to get out of doing all this uh, other than just being evil for the sake of it yeah um yeah, no, exactly. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what their end game is. Um, it, you know, or I guess the purpose for for why they're doing all of this stuff to this town. Basically, just 
making sure everything just runs amok and they ruin these people's lives um, by giving them what money that then like, uh, yeah, like you said, I guess create a new market. I don't know. I, I have no idea. I've never played the game before. So I I literally have no idea what the, what the plot of this is. Um, But yeah, so, so uh, after the, the performance and we deliver the love or the happiness boxes, which I guess this is kind of like a theme, right? I mean, in, in Earthbound, you have the happy, happy. Uh, oh yeah. You know, and there's just like tri- this, like weird, like cult-like attainment of um, happiness as being the ultimate goal. Um, I I could not think of any other parallels aside from the fact that there is the happy, happy cult. Um, but it does seem like. Uh, money is going to be considered, you know, be the root of all evil in this. Mm-hmm. Um, it It's going to sow the seeds of just kind of, I, I guess, conflict, right? And, I, and that's a theme uh, that was very prevalent in Earthbound as well, right? You have Pokey's dad who's talking about, you know, oh, your dad owes me a ton of money and, and he was striving to become as like wealthy and as powerful as possible. Um, and then I Monotoli that he bought the statue um right right so, so yeah so you know this is clearly in a toy's wheelhouse um in terms of uh issues that he wants to to explore or you know i i guess like point out is evil <laughs> or the yeah, potential no, or at least hypocritical you know like cuz i think it also is what video games do right like it's it's interesting that it specifically is technology that's like coming into people's homes supposed to bring them happiness like i think that's again like a weird kind of self-referential thing you know itoi he is a copywriter he's a, a a writer of slogans he's a salesman essentially and then he makes this game that's like wildly popular right and it's like bringing joy to people but i think he always has this kind of notion that it's a inferior form of art and it's ultimately just a commercial product and he's just like a a successful salesman like he's found something that people will buy uh and i think he's kind of pointing that out here um i i don't know that he is as brutal as facade right like he's not um violent in that way or anything like that but it's it's a way of you know, critiquing uh, his own practices, basically. Um, and I think it's also interesting, I, I brought this up last time, or the time before, with like the, the racial element in this game. Um, it's it's highlighted here again. It's like Facade is from a different place. He's like cast as essentially a Middle Eastern person. Um, and he's different from everyone else. He's other, right, in, in a pretty obvious way. And the monkey's name is salsa, and that's like a, a Spanish word. Basically, um, it's a it's a food and a dance, and it's like the sort of thing that you know people who don't know a lot about Spanish cultures or, or Latin cultures still know about salsa, right? And so there's like this gesturing towards other parts of the world. Um, it's interesting. It's like what we as Americans know about other places is pretty limited um but we can like recognize that much um and i think the same would go for a japanese audience right like they they would at least 
tune in like, oh, this is somebody who's from another place. Um, so I, I guess there's maybe a, a point being made there about um, not just capitalism, but a particular kind that's like global and um, is basically um, uh, it's technological in a way that it earlier was sort of industrial, right? Uh, and I guess we'll see what happens with that. Um, I like being able to play video games. Like, I'll say, like, I don't have a problem with things that make getting goods and services easier. Um, but it does it does definitely bring conflict with it. Um, there's there's all kinds of issues uh, that that arise in its wake. So there's there's some heavy stuff coming up in this game. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's a I hadn't thought about it that way, but that's uh, that's interesting. I think as you know, I'll I'll be looking at you know as we continue our playthrough through that lens. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, just had to put me to shame with your analysis there. Uh, oh, I guess oh. I guess I'll get back to my point. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll talk. So yeah, so you go to the castle. Uh, you're you're looking for the egg. Uh, the the other pig mask people keep on making comments about you know the the dirty guy who is coming through referring to Duster. Um, <laughs> and then you you have to yeah. go to the basement um, where you do your own little dance. Yes. To open up. Uh, the guy from the legend of the hidden temple <laughs> right. uh and then yeah i don't you know it's when interesting because in this game there's so many I, and i just don't know if they're game cliches at this point or if they're supposed to be references but yeah you get to a certain point you pull a lever and uh you know the the dam breaks or you know the water flows through <laughs> um and you can see the it's the egg of enlightenment right I forget what it's called. I thought it was called Hummingbird Egg, but it would make sense if it was, um, yeah, connected with the Apple of Enlightenment type thing. Yeah, anyway, so we get the, yeah, right. Uh, I guess I'll double check that before we start talking about the next chapter. But anyway, so um, uh, they all kind of wash away. You got Duster West, uh, mm -hmm. Bear Tiger, uh, and the mm -hmm. Egg. Mm -hmm. And so you go chasing after them. Um, and then in the, in the village square... Uh, you get to see the point. I, th I, I forget exactly what they were talking about, um, but the, the princess and Wes are there, uh, and you bump into them, and then the monkey and the princess end up having like a moment. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they like resonate with each other. And uh, so you, yeah. So you, the plan, right? I guess was for Saad to get the the egg, the egg of enlightenment. Um, Clearly he failed. Uh, so then you go back to the inn, you sleep there, and then you get busted out by by the princess. Um, and then you, you get to you go back to the town square, the well. Uh, she takes off the collar, and then you get to basically very triumphantly jump on it. Right. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So I yeah I don't think that there's I couldn't find any hidden meaning or, or themes in those in that kind of action. I think it was just to progress the story. I don't know. Yeah, it's... Well, there is something weird about um, nobody really remarking on the monkey's collar up to that point. Nobody realizing that Facade is, um, you know, a bad person. Um, 
obviously not everyone buys the boxes, so that's something. Um, and if you go up to the gravesite, I forget at what point this happens, but Alec is there, um, the grandfather, and he says something like, I told you, uh, like, I don't want your, uh, your happy boxes. Uh, now get away. Like, so he, he shows some emotion there that we haven't really seen from him before. He's, like, at the gravestone. Um, and it's pretty, um, pretty clear that he wants no part of these people. Uh, but yeah, it's it's like Kumatora and Wes who finally um, do something about Assad uh, and and, res- and rescuing the monkey is the first step. But um, then it's kind of like a, a chase sequence, right? Like we're just running away um, because they're going to capture us. Uh, there's tanks and... Um, they're sort of like closing in us, and and it's a dead end. Um, and I think it's again like at this point we've seen these same settings reused a number of times, like in quick succession. I think we're all sort of feeling like, is there a way out um, of this little corner uh, of this game? And it's provided by the um, by the the dragos again. So they get brought in by little. Which one is he? Lucas? Yeah, Lucas, the crybaby, um, is there. And he, like, has a whistle that summons the dragos. Or it summons the baby, and then the baby summons the mom, right? And then uh, it it finishes off um, the, the tank that you've... Or, I guess, the reinforcements to the tank that you've just beaten in a boss fight. Um, and then that's kind of it. Like, it's weird. It's... Uh, uh, it brings Lucas back into the story, but he doesn't directly do anything, right? He sort of is just this, um, uh, well, he's like a good version of Facade, right? He's got like an animal companion that's helping. So, weird. Yeah. Um, it, it's, yeah, it, it has turned into like a full-scale invasion at this point. Yeah. Um, like you said, there's just way too many. They're not way too many. There's just, you know, tanks everywhere. Uh, looks like the pig mask people are, are going to begin kind of their, their hostile takeover or at least do find the egg by any means necessary. Um, and yeah, that, that tank fight was rough, man. I don't know. Um, if you I thought didn't it was. I have trouble with it. No, I didn't. I don't know what was. I. Did not have any particular difficulty with that, or with any of the fights in this part. I'm not sure why. I guess you're just probably better at video gaming than I am. Um, I, I just rolled up enough dung, you know, <laughs> early on. Well, Wes plays such a, uh, like, so much RNG. Um, oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. if, if, if he does a couple of his, like, Master Thief maneuvers, uh, you know, that's a couple extra hundred. But if he's, like, too worried about... Uh, the princess you know you'll lose a turn so a lot of your dps a lot of your damage can be uh it's very highly variable i guess that's what i'm trying to say but yeah it's 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 interesting because it i feel like this chapter ends rather abruptly right um okay fine we we thwarted like a couple of the pig mask people um but based on what we saw there were a ton elsewhere and it seemed like they had enough troops um, that they could have, they could easily take like one Drago uh, and the baby and, and these other people. Um, 
you know, they were able to even like turn one of them into a chimera. So uh, it's not yeah. like these are some kind of uh, invincible type machines, you know, like a, like a, a, a Trump card. I was like, Oh, okay. You got the Drago on your side. Uh, you know, we better retreat now. Um, but yeah, so, so, so Lucas comes in and then, uh, I, that, so that's the end of the chapter. I don't know how this works. Cause after you do the chapter, the frog is like, do you want to save your game? And it's like, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> Uh, but then like it, it keeps on playing the next chapter. So I don't know. I guess the reason I'm saying that this ends very abruptly is that the next chapter takes place three years um, in the future, right. right? So we have no idea how this invasion um, uh, ended up working out uh, or what happened to it. We just kind of jump ahead three years, uh, you know, to, to the town. Um, you know, which, it's super weird. Yeah. yeah, because it's been so densely packed up to this point. Like everything is happening in quick succession, or even like on top of one another. Right, we're doing stuff in with one character that's affecting the other characters, um, and then it's just going to give us this gap. And and it still hasn't explained like what happened to Klaus, who we last saw like you know KO'd back in the mountains, uh, and where Lucas has been. The last chapter sort of set that up as like, okay, so now we're going to play as Lucas, right? Like in chapter three. Right. But then you instead get this totally different perspective, um, which is interesting and all. But it's definitely a bit of a letdown if you're thinking, okay, now I'm finally going to get to see like what's going on with these twins. Right. Um, and so I I guess that maybe in chapter four we'll 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 pick up with the main character, the ostensible like main character of this game, who's who's the kid. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Um, and yeah, the fact that it skips three years is super weird. Uh, it's almost like a restart to the whole game. It's like this whole thing has been a prelude. Yeah. Uh, well put. Because um, it's not like this is something that happened uh, in the other games. I mean, you, there was time travel in Earthbound. Uh, but mm -hmm. that was for, A, they were going back in time. And I guess ultimately they had to go forward in time. Um mm -hmm. But yeah, just it's it's very jarring uh, to to jump ahead. Um, uh, spoiler alert: uh, you at least start off playing as Lucas at the beginning of chapter four. Um, okay, finally. Uh, I I didn't get very far. I got to like the first frog after the chapter because again, I don't know how the saving works uh, mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So I'm always like afraid I'm not going to save and turn it off. Um, but. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's it's interesting. I, I really like the storytelling um, of the three kind of concurrent stories happening that are all related, uh, and you get to kind of see the three different points of view. Uh, and I think as boring as the chapter three was, uh, I, I do think that it kind of set the stage to make the enemy um, seem, you know, it, it, it gives you enough that, like, you're interested and you can really see, I guess it just makes the enemy seem that much worse. Right. Um, as if what they were already doing wasn't bad enough, but, you know, they're they're enslaving these monkeys to, to do their bidding. Um, and there's obviously some kind of concerted effort to... Uh, civilize this this uncivilized town yeah 
yeah, it does seem like um, we are sort of in a position of knowing way more than any of the any of the characters, like whether the good characters or the bad characters at this point. Um, we sort of like have a bunch more information at our disposal. Um, it again sort of like increases your expectation for finally getting to play uh, with the main character and go on a sort of traditional RPG adventure where you're going from town to town and like exploring freely and all this good stuff. Um, but it, yeah, it's it, it's kind of a letdown after the, the opening. Like I kind of feel like, okay, like one chapter of this sort of thing would have been plenty, but then we get another one and then we get another one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I still want to see what will happen. I'm still like interested, but it's, it's odd. It's an, it's an interesting choice on the designer's part. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. I, 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 I like it, uh, but to each his own. I mean, I, I defer to your uh, subjective opinion as being more meaningful um, than mine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm excited. I hope that uh, next week we actually get to play for Lucas for an extended period of time. Um, and yeah. it isn't just to run into a dinosaur um, and go chase after your uh, twin brother who's, you know, just running around. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts about this? Um, this part of the game, I, I guess I still wonder about the, um, or the, the main villain here because it's like, it's clear that Facade is not entirely in charge of everything going on. Um, and it's interesting that this game, similar to the original one, right, like is withholding that information um, about really like what is going on here. Uh, and kind of on the flip side, the Magypsies were absent and have been absent for quite a while now. Um, they seemed important. They seemed to like know about Psy and be similar to the Magicant function in earlier games. Um, and they've just been like completely gone, uh, except for that one appearance. So uh, kind of just, yeah, in the same way that we haven't really had a clear hero, we, we don't have a clear villain yet. Um, yeah. We are just kind of figuring stuff out. And I guess unlike the first game, um in the first game, weird things were happening, but we didn't actually see the, you know, quote unquote enemy doing anything. It was just more like, oh, weird stuff is happening. Um, mm -hmm. Where in this instance, it's, oh, we see that the uh, pig mask people are burning down the forest, like intentionally. And they're like intentionally trying to um, infiltrate um, the, this this town. Uh, they're, they're actively trying to alter the local uh is fauna uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I always get like whatever flora yeah i guess it's fauna um yeah. of, of nature so you know it's even though we don't know exactly who it is and what the end goal is is we can at least see that oh yeah they're they're evil um they're definitely the the antagonist i don't think that this is going to be any kind of twist ending where it's like oh you were the bad guy all along um, right. What these people are doing is, is deplorable. Well said. 
Well All right. Well, I'm excited. I, wait, do you know what the name of Chapter Four is? I don't. Oh, let's see if I, got I think it. I saw that. Yeah, I saw like the little. There's like little narration that happens at the end of the chapter, but then I didn't get as far as seeing the next chapter's title. I don't recall. It is Club Titty Boo. Oh, of course, Club Titty Boo. <laughs> of course, yeah. Why not? Uh, all right. There's well, the gypsy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah. I guess we'll we'll talk about chapter four next week. Right on. All right. Редактор